This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text us on 8.12.15. Love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio for you moderns. Or you can email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Options, options, options. How lovely. Um, so, here's a th- here is Morning. a thing. Um, you all right, Al? You all right there, love? Morning. Good. Um, I um, my my child, who's um, was actually nine on uh, on Sunday, woke. Well, he didn't wake, but he came downstairs in tears oh. this week, and um, we let him have the radio on in the night until we go up and then put that. Right, I won't go into all the domestic details, but he'd heard on the news as he lay in darkness in this in his room, surrounded with Harry Kane posters <laughs> that Harry Kane had asked to leave Tottenham Hotspur. Oh. So he was in... T- not only was he in tears, but when I went up to tuck him in, all the posters had been taken down. I mean, that is... Don't, don't even wait till the next morning. Don't even oh. wait till possible contractual enforcement. No. Gone. No. Gone straight into action. Poor man. I'm trying to think who, I, who that reminds me of. That kind of reaction. yeah, extremism. Yeah. I can't work it out. I don't think I did that when I found out that uh, Pernell Roberts, <laughs> who played Adam Cartwright in Bonanza, wore a toupee. That was that's when I put that as one of my big childhood disappointments. I love Bonanza. Yeah, there's this Western, you know, big famous Western show, which I loved. And then one of the heroic guys, there's a picture of him in one of my sister's um, showbiz magazines of him fishing, (laughs) bowed yedded, as they used to say in the black country. (laughs) All he was doing, he was bowed yedded. (laughs) And I I couldn't remember. I, I mean, I didn't have posters of him, but if I had, I would have got the tipex out on the hair section. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, my childhood disappointments were always like my father worked in TV, and I'd point to people on the television and say, "Daddy, is he nice?" And my father would say, "No, terrible man, hates children." <laughs> I, I won't go into details about uh, and, some of the worse. characters he discussed, but no, let's but, just say there are a few childhood uh, dreams shattered. Okay. Well, in, well <laughs> so what were your um, most memorable childhood disappointments? 8, 12, 15. Let's start off with a bright sparkle to the morning. Oh, man. So, uh, so yeah, that happened. And uh, what else? Oh, I've been watching um, Eurovision because it's the CMA finals this week. You know that? Oh yeah, but I, I don't know the. Ma- I'm just calling him the man. What? Oh, you mean um, the Brits? Well, who is the man? James Newman. Yeah, but don't say it like it sounds like it works for Absolute Radio. No, James Newman is our um, is our representative. He's got. I'd say his thing is sort of rag and bone man next door. That's his kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. vibe. Oh, is he? Yeah, f- ch- chirpy chappy. If um. I could sound like a window cleaner. I in mean, the 70s. don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm just talking about his vibe. He, he seems a really nice guy. He writes songs and stuff, but he's got a kind of homeless James Corden <laughs> feel to him, <laughs> which isn't, a, you know, necessarily a bad thing. I, not that I'm suggesting I want to see James <laughs> Corden homeless. Not for. I don't think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. That would have to be one hell of a divorce settlement to get that kind of money up. Mm. Anyway, so that happened, um, and uh, oh, the producer saying is he good? Uh, is he the good producer's man? holding up a, a, a post with the word "legal" on it. Uh, <laughs> is the, can we just establish Ooh, what the, that means? The Eurovision is the is the man good? Well, I haven't seen him properly yet because he's one of the big five. You see, I don't mean like the water a buffalo and the no, lion. So is giraffe? Now, the Hunting. big five don't have to qualify through the semi-finals. I think it's uh, UK, Germany, Spain, Italy, and France. I say I think. Um, I'm quite a big fan still of Eurovision. Although I think I'll be out. I'll tell you something, Al. It's gone a bit the way of the comedy circuit. Mm. Is that it's it's oh, yeah. sort of lost the dark end 
and now you've got a, young, a lot of young, good-looking, very competent people. And I used oh. to like the strange, eccentric, terrible people. Yeah. That was part of the, mm. the whole joy. I so there's a bit less of that. Zoom. Pardon? I thought you meant it had gone on to Zoom. No, no, no. Um, so, um, yeah... Uh, oh, well, actually, we've got a bit of a Eurovision <laughs> thing I need to tell you about, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. Frank Skinner, Frank Skinner. on Absolute Radio. And, um, oh, here's, here's, here's uh, oh, yes, Eurovision. So, mm. we were, I've, I'm still quite a fan of, of Eurovision, I must say. We'll be there tonight. When we watched it this week, we did it with, like, um, scorecards and all that so we oh, give each country you? all that we properly take it seriously and um, well not se- seriously is perhaps not the right word but yeah. we're focused on mm. it and um, I don't even remember this but a few weeks ago I was I was horsing around on the show <laughs> and um, imagine <laughs> what it would be like if I did a Eurovision hit and mm-hmm. and and I think you've got the details of who sent this in, um, Emily. I think because I want I want to credit them. Yeah. Well, this character. I mean, I say character, but I I shouldn't have said that because that that sounds rather negative in some. That's respects. what the police say. <laughs> oh no, sir. P- police or, or novelists. Hold it. What happened then? Well, I'm trying to find the details of this man. But uh, sadly, I only have them on my uh, Instagram. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll play the track and then we can do it after. So okay, he's, he's called Sound Warper, Frank. Sound Warper, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Is he one of the um, Hampshire Warpers? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this is Sound Warper. He sat at home um, at his laptop in his, in his um, home studio and he created uh, this uh, moment. I can see Frank as a sort of German crooner. And light is like a light shining in the darkness. In the darkness. I'm getting moved. I'm feeling something. Oh, this is, this is quite short, by the way. Oh, this is the bit I really love. Big finish. <laughs> hey! <laughs> hey! Well, I... Uh... Look, listen to that. I can. Oh, you know, you, and also the crowd loved you. They love me. Yeah, it's great. I've but, never seen you get a reaction like Graham that. Graham Norton oh. saying, "I wonder where he got that jacket." <laughs> that kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well done. I tell um, you, he'd say, "It's all right. The doctor will be on the way in the moment with his with your tablets." <laughs> That's what he'd say to you. Anyway, thanks for that sound. Sound warp. I might call you um, by your first name. Mr. S. Warper. Mr. S. Warper. Swarper. Thank you, Sound. I, no, it's, it's good. I love it's good that. Um, He's a sound guy. Have we had any childhood disappointments? We have, actually. Yeah, um, we have. I'm, I'm, play, I'm playing this just to remember what a happy childhood sounds like as a way into it. Oh, I'm a gummy Uh, actually, the producer said again now that we have to wait for the childhood disappointments. Oh, we've okay. got so many good ones. Well, uh, before we go, before you go, before you go, before you go, Gary Massey, my mum and dad refusing to buy me the, those cowboy boots at Bolton Market in 1978. Oh, Gary, do you know I still think like that about the rocking horse I never got. I think they did a good thing for you, Gary. <laughs> me and him were similarly themed. <laughs> It's yeah. Wild West regrets is a subsection. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um... We've had lots of... Have we had some childhood regrets? We've had a lot, Al, haven't we? Yes. Uh, Fire three away. Eight, 380 has said, Childhood disappointment. Asking for Sweet Valley High books for my birthday and instead receiving the complete works of Jane Austen. Um... 
That's Lucy Collins. No, I don't know, Sweet Valley High. That's not the one you used to read, is it, Al? There was a, a sort of... Oh, I used to read a lot of Judy Bloom, but... Um, yes, we know that, Al. When you say a lot of, you used to read Forever, which was the no, rude I read one, all of them. which none of our mums let us read. Joseph. No, I read, I read Forever and I read oh. all the others. I read Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. You did I read. I did, yeah, I've read all of them. Joseph Conrad, the famous writer, um, <laughs> apparently once a year went into his attic with all of Jane Austen's books um, in an attempt to find out what people saw in Jane Austen. Mm. And after about five or six hours, his wife would hear shouting and things being thrown, and then he'd come back down the stairs and say, I'll try again next year. Oh, dear. So, what about that? Fair play for trying. Cause yeah, that we, is good. Oh, leave Jane alone. You know, no, there's I comics think... whose success I find inexplicable, I like but I wouldn't it. go once a year and listen to their stuff because <laughs> it's be just agonising. You know what? I'd love it if you did, Al. <laughs> I, if that, in fact, the next time I tell that anecdote, it's going to be you and, well, I'll, I'll have a dot, 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 and I'll put in various comics. <laughs> we have... Uh... Some other childhood disappointments. John Hopkins makes me sound quite shallow. Come on in, John. Yeah, exactly. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> we do things differently here. Makes me sound quite shallow, but unequivocally, it's the maze at Thorpe Park. Okay. Mm. I'm liking John already for several reasons. Mm, I love yeah. the admission of the well, shallowness. I think he, he definitely got you on unequivocally. Uh, oh, mm. he had me unequivocally. Yeah. Uh, went on a school trip been looking forward to the maze for months. Arrived, and he speaks like Tom Chance. Yeah, he does, yeah. Arrived, found it on the map, ran straight there. It didn't have any sides. It was a path. For four months... What? I'd coveted a path... I didn't have any. It was 2D. <laughs> a 2D <laughs> maze. Like you get it in the was, Beano. Yeah, it was a 2D maze. Oh, And then John, is... <laughs> John Hopkins ends his missive with one, with final two words, a path. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, John Hopkins. Oh, man, that is terrible. A mm. 2D maze. I mean, that, why is that? I think it's cost-saving on the bloke that sits on the tennis umpire chair in the middle yeah. with a megaphone saying, to the left, sir, to the left. You know, you, they used to have those people who helped yeah. you out of mazes. We also have Karen Oldfield realising that if I dried my Loopy Lou doll's hair in front of the open coal fire, she melted oh, and no. turned into a Loopy side face doll instead. Also, Loopy Lou. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a horror. That I couldn't see that being a heartbreak thing, and I think that would probably lead to terrible hygiene issues in later life. Some deeper part of you thinking that you might melt if you uh, if you looked after yourself, <laughs> kept yourself clean. That's a few of her friends thinking, "Oh, well, that's clean the hell up." Yeah, I'm jo- I'm joking. Frank Skinner. Can I um, tell you a thing that happened to me this week? We, um, my partner had a bit of a turn, and so we got a doctor in. She's fine now. We got a doctor in, and the doctor came to the house, sat down, because they can come now, you know. They can come now. He sat down, and my son um, has a whoopee cushion, which he likes... um, putting on the cushions he reads he subscribes to the beano it's inevitable (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the doctor sat down and this terrible sound (laughs) um of 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 i believe it's called a real bronx cheer is that what it's called that's what it used to say on the marketing well it's uh, yeah it's so that happened and he and um i said oh my my son's got a puppy and all that (laughs) so after I said, oh, God, that was so embarrassing. when that... And uh, and Kath said to me, I think doctors are fine with that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. What a marvellous summary of the medical <laughs> profession. That's why we've got them. That's why we should be out there applauding, that they're all right with that sort of thing. Very tolerant, I find. <laughs> it just made me wonder if... Uh, 
if kids um, still do that stuff like we did at school, like uh, I think health and safety would have stopped. You know, the thing like kneeling behind a kid mm. and yeah. another kid pushing him and him falling over you on the floor. Oh, I, I keep thinking they're going to do it at free kicks nowadays because <laughs> you do get a footballer who does the sort of draft excluder <laughs> thing, lies on the floor, and I always think they're going to push him over, aren't they? But they. <laughs> well, I'm I'm assuming the stink bomb. Which oh, I was yes, a, a tremendous that. fan of. It's like even a little glass file. They were sturdy pranks. They really did get on yeah. your chest. Awful. And they were sort of like a medieval apothecary. You know, they were lovely little glass bottle, beautifully fashioned they were. You the sort old. of hope that they might have been used in <laughs> conjunction with the um, the Bronx cheer. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that, then you've got a sort of uh, all-round experience, like sense-you-round. Very good. Um I mean, things, I mean, I hope, things like the dead leg has become something now you hear referred to in professional football. Oh, he's, yeah. out, he's out this week with a dead leg. We used to walk it off in the course of uh, what was the, morning what was playtime. You, you were tougher back then. You just put a knee into that muscle at the, the side of the, uh, just above the side of the knee. How rude. And um, it's quad. sort of, so, so, yeah, is it a quad, thanks? Um, there's a muscle, uh, muscle what a, man. What a surprise. <laughs> and it's sort of semi-paralytic, which was how oh, I yeah. spent most absolute, of the 80s. Absolute radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you're um, involved in, uh, if you're at school or if you're a school teacher or that, what what are the pranks? What's the new pranks? And do any of the old pranks still exist? Eight, twelve, fifteen. <laughs> this is real radio. The yeah. Frank Skinner Show, challenging but never deliberately obscure. <laughs> Frank Skinner, Absolute Radio. Uh, Frank, we've had some missives in regarding huge childhood disappointments, haven't oh, yes. we, Al? Yes. This was, in case you just tuned in, I was saying my son was in tears this week because Harry Kane's leaving Spurs and he's taken all his Harry Kane posters down off his wall. Mm. Um, within, literally within about five minutes of hearing the news. So we were talking about what childhood disappointments you recall... Yeah, I don't think anyone had... else has so duplicated my finding out that the character Adam Cartwright in Bonanza <laughs> wore a wig. Seems to have passed everyone else by. I think the fact that you said it was probably a good thing, otherwise we would have had a tsunami oh, of text messages about it. We'd have been inundated with uh, Adam <laughs> Cartwright <laughs> material. Yeah. We've also had uh, Jason has got in touch, age 10... Finding out from my amateur wrestler dad that mm. WWF is fake. that That's oh. not real, son. Oh. Then he proceeded to show me real wrestling. Which is... Oh. Um, As Jason describes, double pain. Yeah, real wrestling, though. When you see, like, the Greco-Roman wrestling, you can see why they came up with made-up wrestling. <laughs> On what grounds? Well, in, it's it's not a great spectator event, the Greco-Roman. There's often not a lot of movement in it. Mm. There's nobody that comes on like dressed as a horse no, and, and shouts no at the audience. Billy, <laughs> There's Billy. no Lord Bertie Topham, who was a <laughs> local local character when I used to go to the wrestling at Thimble Mill Baths. I must have mentioned him before, but he had this great idea of how to wind up the crowd. So he would wear a monocle and a top hat mm-hmm. and have a bottler bring in the thing. And he would walk... Lo- he, he got his number. And he would... Get, he would <laughs> <laughs> and he would... And this is at the <laughs> Thimble Mill Baths in Smethwick. He would go, I think I can smell working class, people. <laughs> I thought, man, if you want to guarantee winding up a crowd. <laughs> Lord Bertie Topham, where is oh. he now? Billy, That's a good text, then. He's probably yeah. hanging out with uh, Jacob, Jacob Rees-Morgan, oh, hasn't Jacob, he? yeah, and William, if he's still around. What about when I had to interview Jacob Rees-Morgan? The first thing, I was meant to do a serious interview, and the first thing I asked was, Jacob, how's Nanny? Uh, he said, you know, she's actually doing rather well. Um, <laughs> Billy Bud 23, never mastering diving, being in the group of shame, doing oh. kneeling dives instead. 
lined up on the edge, one by one, oh. we plopped into the water gracelessly. Oh, <laughs> no. You could fix that in adulthood, though, with a little bit of... You um, could. You could fix the diving, but you can never <laughs> fix the line-up. You Good can't point. fix the shame. No, no, shame that, is that, permanent. that'll live forever. I think we're operating in a, a thing now where you can't fail. Is that is that is that policy yeah. still in the schools? Yeah, is it? I'm a big fan of uh, you can't fail. I'm often trying to talk audiences into it at my gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and Faye, stink bombs are still a, very much a thing. Are they really? That's good news, isn't it? What? I I wonder if there's anything um, that one shouldn't be inhaling in a stink bomb. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. It's a very unique smell. I don't know if I've... I think there's... There used to be a thing in the the, um, science lab called ammonium hydroxide. Oh, yeah. Which had got a... Actually, that was more um, uncleaned boys' toilets kind of thing. Oh, I don't recall that. Ammonia... Oh, hydroxide. Yeah, it really used to uh, get on your, in your eyes, if you know what I mean. I'll tell you about the time uh, I was tear-gassed <laughs> in Memphis. Extraordinary <laughs> anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've never t- heard a beginning to a story like that. It's, uh, yeah, I was tear-gassed and I was thinking, oh, God, I'll bet it's, you know, my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> my but it, it gets your throat more than your eyes. It's really... I hate to tell you, but tear gas, quite unpleasant experience. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my adult um, disappointments. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be fun. I thought it'd be like laughing with tears. I no, want you no. to do a sort of question, oh, you know, like overrated, Frank Skinner, overrated tear gas. The trouble yeah. is with uh, anecdotes that begin, did I ever tell you about when I was tear gassed in Memphis, is that the fi- the rest <laughs> of the story can never live up to the, the opener. Mm-hmm. This is Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 81215. Lots of you have. Thank you so much. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio and email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Mm. I'll leave it then. Um, we've been asking people for their um, for their disappointments from childhood not Mm. major ones that they won't get over just uh, you know little ones that have got a bit of bounce back ability yeah ones that have a bit of uh, you know bobble for our breakfast radio vibe Mm. yeah not Uh, desperately dark ones no 299 has just texted uh, age 7 I cried when I got told one day I would be a quote teenager I was terrified of them, still am. That's from Lily. <laughs> wow. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I think I look forward to it myself. Did you? Yeah, I think it was the exhilaration of completely destroying a bus stop with a bomb of concrete. That you looked forward to? Yeah. And then enjoyed, yeah. I'm not saying I ever did it, but it's what teenagers sure, did in those boss. days. Those days, that's before they got more sensible, started caring about the planet and all <laughs> teenagers. Yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> Is this progress? We have to ask ourselves. I think it's progress. Come on, nah. come on. I think we have to Ow. ask. All that. Um, you were asking for pranks if they happen, and double zero one zero zero one who. You know, oh, oh, yeah, wow. what he does for a living. He's the man in charge. Uh, uh, hi, guys, Malk from Leicester. Uh, oh, then there's some praise. School pranks we used to slip a drawing pin on a chair that someone was about to sit on. That sounds quite violent, actually, to me. It is violent, but that's, I mean, that is a prank, surely, from the 18th century. That really, I don't know when the drawing <laughs> pin was invented, but mm. I think it might be why it was invented. And then it yeah. was developed to be used up for posters. Very dangerous so. things. Nowadays, people put a bit of blue tack under them when they're about to sit down. Oh, yeah. Or the, bron- or, or the real Bronx cheer. The chair. Yeah. I've got to say, I was the real Bronx cheer artist in, in my family. Were you really? Oh, were yeah, you? If ever my dad had someone round that I knew he wanted to impress, 
Out came the Bronx cheer. Yeah, I must have been. Oh, when you said the Bronx cheer, it meant nothing. To, I don't think Bozzy's whoopee cushions have got Bronx cheer no. on them. No, they won't say that anymore. That'll be the original copyright. Brian says, Mum buying me a pair of Clark's attackers when all the cool kids were wearing Adidas kick. That was oh, you I don't want Clark's kick. attackers. That was tricky when no. you turned up in what we used to call Tesco Levi's. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and monkey boots instead of docks. Oh. Uh, but you know, that's poverty. You can't live yeah. with it. Good you can live without it, I've discovered. It's actually fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's better. It's actually better than living with it. Late review. Yeah. That's what I found. Um, you know, at the time it didn't seem so bad, but looking back now, I'm, I'm, we have no, Ben L. Uh, referring to Ben L sounds like someone from Krypton. <laughs> but carry on. Ben L uh, has is talking about one of uh, a contemporary prank. Yesterday, a pupil in my class handed me a folded piece of paper, Neville Chamberlain, yeah. that said, "Open me." <laughs> I opened the paper up, and inside it read, "Ha ha! You just let a piece of paper tell you what to do." Not sure if the same. Wow. Not sure if it has the same dramatic impact as the old banks. It's a strange political, <laughs> yeah. authoritarian prank, isn't it? I thought it was yeah. going to have. You know those sort of um, those <laughs> things like the be like a butterfly and you wind it round and round and round and put it in a book and when you open it, it goes. <laughs> you know those. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those, but no, it, yeah, it they was. They play some, the mind games now, the was, children. It was a quote from 1984. <laughs> I'd be very angry at the insolence. I let a great many pieces of paper tell me what to do. Yeah. I'm pleased to say that I heard that and thought, <laughs> no, I wouldn't open that. Oh, <laughs> well, exactly. But you do let, you must let some pieces of paper tell you what to do. Mm. Yeah, on occasion. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. got to you got to look this. for that local cat that's gone missing. <laughs> I mean, can't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What gets me about that is I might be looking for a cat that's already returned and they couldn't be bothered to take the signs down. That's a piece Can of I paper tell you what to do. What? That was all the time. Says a child who's never paid tax. Come on. The producer holds <laughs> them up for me <laughs> and says, "Shut up." <laughs> well, no, that's a coincidence. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Mm, so, uh, what else? Well, actually, I have something that I'd like to bring to your attention, Frank. Oh, we yeah. occasionally on this show discussed the possibility of us one day buying a pair of pyjamas together and going halves on them, because, if I'm not mistaken, you sleep in just pyjama top. And I sometimes sleep in just pajama bottoms. So well, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I mm. I've, I no longer just sleep in a pajama jacket like that. Well, I should be honest with you and say that I sometimes wear a pajama top or a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't need that kind of lightning access anymore. Yeah. Goodness <laughs> me! <laughs> so uh, I actually wear quite a lot in bed. I often. Um, I often when when I watch is the it, is Brits, I see quite I see quite a lot of people like on stage at the Brits who wear less than I wear in bed. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. All well, that. I suppose you'd like to while while we're delving neath the sheets. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you'd like to know what I wear. Well, I wouldn't ask, but as you, <laughs> if you're offering it up, well. Is it I... a negligee? <laughs> <laughs> Filthy beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. I tend to really favour a mashup. I'll see how the mood takes me. Mm-hmm. I've got high end stuff, don't get me wrong. I'm sure of that. But sometimes I'm in a promotional t shirt mode. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Jack Daniels. No, oh, yeah. good, right. good, good example, though, <laughs> of exactly what people yeah. wear in bed. Well, funnily enough, I had, uh, in the same family <laughs> out of the Jack Daniels, I had an Aperol Spritz T-shirt. Okay. Did you? Now, I don't drink alcohol. I don't promote it. Um, but, but that's why I wear you it to bed. 
I sleep in it. I only sleep in it now. I've slept in it many a time. <laughs> you slept in Aperol's It's been cool. processed. <laughs> um, that was in the, my terrible drinking days when I slept what one might call on Golden Pond. <laughs> you had a white spirits teacher. Oh, man. But I sometimes, Frank, I'll, I've also got a fleecy koala motif pyjama. Oh, one of those. Koala sort of face. Snuggling. Don't call me that. Yeah. Um, it's not his fault he forgot to shave. And they've all got chlamydia, of course, koalas. Oh. They have. It comes with... Uh, it's a disease that they all carry. It's all right. Producer's anxious, but you can say it's fine. It's natural history. OK, I but I'm just saying, I might burn the... I, I, I don't like the sound of that. Did you Did you say it isn't true, Al? No, I said it is true. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it on... Um, what's the name of that bloke who traps animals so they can be filmed tearing each other? Oh, David Attenborough. Attenborough. Attenborough, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen it on there, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what I wear um, in bed. And sometimes I have a rose print pyjama. Well, here's the thing. For My- children. It's for age 14 to 16 M&S. And you can get into that. Really? I don't think post-lockdown I can. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to... Uh, yeah. Well, see, my, my son wears themed pyjamas, you know, so he's got, like... Uh, Harry Potter pyjamas oh, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Why don't they have those? Do they, can I get those for, you know, as an adult thing? Could I get some themed pyjamas that would fit me? Well, this is I why... you probably could. I go... I what? find the M&S, the children are getting bigger. The size, age uh, 16, it, it, fit, it fits no, a I would, woman. I'd quite like um, themed pyjamas. Doctor Who? I was thinking oh. hairy bikers. Oh, I like Fine. the hairy bikers. What's it written? Synod of Whitby. <laughs> Where's me Synod of Whitby pajamas? <laughs> Can you get Venerable Bead pajamas? Yeah, well, it's a similar um, six sixty pajamas. Bead pajamas sound really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I think you should be unless able... you're a dri- unless you're <laughs> a, a, a Uber driver. driver. <laughs> good for the back. Frank, you should be able to choose your own. Like I'd like um, Cardinal Wolseley pajama themed no, pajamas. Yeah, but why can't I have things like? <laughs> c- can I get things like you know John Wayne pajamas or stuff like that for for me? Get Anyone the out there knows about this? Can you get grown up themed pajamas for me? <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like I found up Woolworths or something rather than spoken <laughs> yeah. to a nation. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We're discussing we were, um, nightwear. Yeah, mm. we were discussing sleepwear, and I, I feel like we should explain somewhat why I brought it up because um, we got really bogged down in uh, novelty pajamas for adults, didn't we, Frank? Mm. Sorry. Um, well, you did. But, <laughs> yeah, Frank did. It's something I'd actually <laughs> like. That's what I'm saying. There's a report out that uh, apparently your sleepwear says a lot about you from a clinical psychologist. I say a clinical psychologist, it's someone who's working for a mattress online firm. <laughs> well, you so, know, clinical psychologists yeah. now, I think like, like everybody, they've got to take their work where they can get it. Yeah, we've all been compromised. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is like, it's like a corporate for a clinical psychologist. Yeah. No, take Even the check. scientists, everyone's been compromised. Mm. Um, yeah, apparently uh, different... Um, different outfits in bed say different things about you like you know if you if you wear button down pajamas you're organized i can hear lucky barking yeah can you yeah get lucky will you Button yeah. down pajamas. That doesn't mean like button down collars. Like they're like flannel. No, it's it not a butterfly collar you're thinking of. We're talking about the flannel. No, no, just but, the concept. Butterfly the... collar is different from a, a a button down, isn't it? Oh, tell me about fashion. Oh, I see what well, I'll yeah. tell you about men's <laughs> fashion, maybe. Frank, do you remember which... pear drop collars? <laughs> No, I don't. No, exactly. No, me neither. <laughs> they sound quite religious. No, no, they were quite 70s. Uh, <laughs> Frank, we're talking just about the but- uh, a pyjama with a button motif. Right, yeah, OK, so that's standard. What would have been in the old days, candy stripe flannel, and now can be many things. <laughs> I- I'm going to go top cat. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He sits well, in the pyjama chair. With a with monogram? <laughs> 
Well, there's okay. a, I there's a like... picture in the article of a very, very beautiful woman wearing her pyjamas, and um, oh, I think... I think they basically suit her. Wait, what's a going lot. on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think you've ever gone down this road. I don't know if we can even acknowledge that women can be very beautiful. That. No. I in pyjamas, is that the bit I, I, that's problematic? I, I, no, I just don't think you can say women are beautiful anymore. <laughs> I just, okay. I'm more interested. She's ringing. Is that better? Well, no, you I can't have say no that. problem with it. She just has to exist. I have no oh. problem with you finding her attractive. What I find strange is it just seems a strange choice of crush and love rival for Mrs Cockrell, the catalogue yeah. model for the sleepwear. But do you remember, I um, I was... Uh, the last time I spoke about someone being attractive, woman on here, was the woman in the walking bath advert. And there you have the difference between us. So what, what a very attractive woman walking into that bath. <laughs> she had a one-piece bathing suit on, don't get me wrong. It was a legitimate advert, but I thought, wow, very lovely. Um, and so much my catchment Wait, wait till you see the woman in the uh, She Knows Help Is On Its Way advert. <laughs> I don't know Ooh. what that is. <laughs> it's the alarm. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, yes. She knows Frankie's on his way. <laughs> the alarm's going... This is, this, is, this is the alarm. <laughs> All right, Ada. Yeah, there you go. We were discussing what um, what your sleepwear says about you, um, and it says in the article, naked sleepers are more likely to be at an age of contentment mm. or, or a... Debauchery, or a more like. Intoxication, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, um, not deliberately, but I've managed to avoid what I might call contentment my whole yeah. life. Yes, I say that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Who is... Which uh, um, person in the public eye is a victim of contentment? 8, 12, 15. Ooh. I'm going to go Titch sure we'll <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Talk... It sounds... Yeah. Oh, contentment. You've stopped then, haven't you? You've, you've, yeah. you've, you've just stopped. You may as well go to the I have given up shop. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're not even going there. <laughs> you're sleeping naked. Can I talk about naked sleepers? Go on, go on. Now, I'm a fan of the social nudist, Okay. Are you? Hear me out. I love a naked bike rider. Oh, yeah, me too. Big fan of a naturist. They seem a gentle, benign people. As a rule, Mm -hmm. the naked sleeper is an entirely different beast. There's something dissolute about these people. There's something unsavoury about them. Do you think? I can't expect this. There's just something that feels a little bit, I'm so cool, I'm too cool for pyjamas. Is it a bit like not having a television? Yeah, oh, yeah. They're a bit cigar smoker of the oh, year. Oh, cigar smoker of the year, that's a different breed altogether. Yeah, they'd have a Harley <laughs> Davidson outside. I like that uh-huh. in the daily... Assassin sheets. I th- I in think the I daily... guy. <laughs> <laughs> in the Daily Mail article, they use the word starkers. <laughs> Which I think, I think you have to pay money to Talbot Rothwell's estate if you use the word. Talbot Rothwell right? wrote the Carry On films. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard the word starkers used for a long time. Absolutely starkers he was. <laughs> cool, I always think sleeping, sleeping fully naked will be good in the event of the intruder because like, they're going to back out pretty rapido if the homeowner is Speak for yourself. Whilst. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of them, Frank, the naked sleeper? Well, it's, it doesn't. Um, I've never slept naked on my own except no. in those very, very hot like snaps. <laughs> yeah. You know those uh, when it's like 36 degrees and sometimes you just have to. You know when it's hot? No, never. When yeah. it's really hot and people pretend they like it. You know that uh-huh. thing, because <laughs> so, it makes them sound like party people. <laughs> but really, we all hate it when it's above about twenty-six. But Frank, this is what I mean about the naked sleeper. They're of that breed. I feel the I'm a party person. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're no, right. No, you're not. Does anyone sleep in a nightcap anymore? Because when you... <laughs> Scrooge. No, but that's it. But when Jacob did that... When did that stop? What about that for a text? In? When did the nightcap? 
go out of fashion. <laughs> <laughs> who was the last? Uh, all, who sits in the chair? Wee Willy Winky and um, yeah, well, and, this is and Laurel, a childhood character. Frank, will you back me up? Stan Laurel uh, sometimes. Yeah, Wee Willy Winky's a character from a uh, Wee Willy Winky, Jacob Rees Mogg, and Scrooge. My oh, three yeah, shot crushes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> but I, there must be people out there who sleep in some sort of headgear. If there is, please let us know on eight twelve fifteen. Yeah. I mean, you get the odd um, hairnet. Used women used to sleep in over rollers or something like that. Yeah. Do you still? Mm-hmm. Do women still sleep in those uh, those face pack <laughs> things? You know those. People used to slap on masses of stuff before they went to bed. Still makeup, dear. <laughs> oh man! I'd, if we've got anyone listening who sleeps in a hat, I'd be really happy to hear that. Maybe the edge. The, the edge. edge will phone up. Dave Stewart. <laughs> Frank Skinner. What I liked about the story about the uh, sleepwear mm, is that none of the clothes that we wear in bed can be called bed clothes because oh. bed clothes, it's like the bed got in very early with the, with the <laughs> domain name, bought the domain name like, you know, in the yeah. 90s. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. so you can't call them, even though they're, they're screaming to be called bed clothes because they're clothes we wear yeah. in bed. But now that sheets and all that. Oh, they stole bedding and bedclothes. You're so... Was there a sort of the concept of the bed jacket? There was, um, there was, yes. It's a sort of cardi, isn't it? Yeah. My sister, I think, wore a a crocheted bed. It says in this article, it says, some people sleep in socks to save time. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get that. No, I I sleep in a, in a shroud to save time. <laughs> to save time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put anyone to any bother. Do you know what I mean? I just sl- I'm ready to go. You sleep in poets' corner to save time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Can what? I say while we're on that subject, the Frank's uh, poetry podcast, which is absolutely brilliant, so I... you need to get involved. It's uh, the new series has just, as the kids say, dropped. Dropped. <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. All right, OK. I mean, I was trying to make it all trendy with no, dropped and no, then you sorry. did that. Sorry, but yes. Exactly. But you no. must listen to it. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. And uh, There's a big online you. queue. You know, like you used to see in London when the trainer drops were happening. There was a big online one of those for the podcast. Oh, yes. It was outside uh, Westminster <laughs> Happy, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> An online queue. What next? <laughs> anyway. Uh, now, can I say something about this article, which... Um, as, as something I, I've never quite got, and that is the dressing gown. Oh, here we yeah. go. Now, it goes on about the dressing gown. It, it says that <laughs> people wear it as an envelope of protection, it said in the article. I did which, not get that. Yeah, well, I mean, as a Catholic, that put me off it straight away. <laughs> but um, I, my big question about the dress... I've got a couple of really... Well, three really nice... I've got a monogrammed one, which was presented to me by ITV. Mm. I've got um, an 11th Doctor... Um, dressing gown, themed dressing gown. Okay. And I've got a nice one I bought back from New Mexico. And mm-hmm. I've never worn any of them, maybe more than twice in 20 years. Because when? When do I wear it? Yeah. I, I don't get, know, but the fact that you're trying to boast up. about having three dressing gowns, <laughs> some people have got a Ferrari love. I know, yeah. but I get up, I get dressed, and then. Like, have the shower. Drag a comb across your head, make your way down. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> but at what point? If I get up and have a shower and get dressed, and then when does when does yeah, I, do I wear it? No, you don't wear it then. You don't what wear it. What would happen is you would get up, pop the dressing gown on, maybe do your teeth, go downstairs, have breakfast, and uh, flick through the paper, and then go back up, and then no, the shower process begins. I'm not going back up there. Oh, okay. <laughs> you not see, it's cleared a little. I've got well, a case. Th- you haven't got a gap. Not... You haven't got a gap. No. For dressing gown. no. Well, he Unless has. Unless you he... get a world title fight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Simply the best. <laughs> what those people that sleep in a blindfold? You know they're sleeping in those airline blindfolds. Every oh, time I've put one of them on, I've imagined the Lone Ranger phoning the company and saying, "Yeah, um, look, I bought these masks. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a cross wire, I think." <laughs> This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Emily Dean and I'm with Alan Cochran. We have a motif on the show in which people text us. They just text in the number 81215. It's great. Or you can follow us on uh, social media, uh, notably Twitter and Instagram, at Frank on the Radio. Or you can use the old traditional email, and, and that happens via uh, the Absolute Radio website. <laughs> Do you want to try make it a bit more human, the announcement? What do you think? Good. No, I, I, like, nice. I like that. I think you felt I thought more we should real. do human radio for some time. Yeah, it's uh, not much of it about, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> We're talking about sleepwear on Absolute Radio this morning, and Steve Burgess, I just thought I'd throw this in because he's got in touch to say, I think John Darling of the uh, Disney Peter Pan film wears a top hat with a nightgown. Oh. But I don't think he slept in it. He had a... There was something of the Reese Mogg as opposed Lord to the Snooty, night... About <laughs> yeah. The thing is, if you were going to sleep in a top hat, you'd want sort of a an under-chin strap to keep it in place for I, when you're in bed, wouldn't you? It'd be uncomfortable, though, wouldn't I it? I think it would. I think it would. I wish my family surname had been Darling. It would have saved us so much time. <laughs> exactly. Um, another thing that it says in the uh, article is that people who sleep in a full tracksuit and a beanie are skint. That's what it says. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretending that they didn't have money for the heating or new pyjamas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it was, we got it. There was nothing to drag it down into an urban nightmare. That's, that's my way. I know, no, it's true. <laughs> but you don't normally drag it down. You start there. Yeah, I start at Urban Nightmare and then move. Can I say something with you both? Can I say something with you both? Terrible. Yes, you may terrible. Say something with no, us both. no, it was well, very inarticulate. Either. You saying something with us both oh. is basically how the show works, surely. Yeah. I know. Don't show I... them the working out. Don't take the back <laughs> the back off the pocket watch. Yeah, but who says can I say something with you both unless they're four? I mean, please. Mm, well, I liked it. There was a lack of eloquence that was shameful oh, there. Oh, come now, stop putting yourself down. I don't want that to be the eloquence in the room. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful. Can I say something with you both? Um, <laughs> I want to talk about the, the robe because one of the things I loved traditionally about the hotel stay mm. was mm -hmm. the access to the fluffy, fresh, toweling robe with the hood. Yeah. It was very cadfile, it does a spa break. I do like you them. steal them or do you leave them there? Though? Oh, no, no. This is what I need to tell you. I've noticed that increasingly, when you get to a hotel, I mean, it's been a while, but I've noticed they've substituted the toweling robe, dressing gown, mm. for the waffle. Mm, and I will yeah. have no truck with a waffle robe. They are stolen less. They are the robe less travelled. Very fine work. I, I'm in the same dilemma. I arrive, I <laughs> see a big fluffy robe Lovely. in the hotel. I think, great. I'll never wear it because I don't know when. <laughs> Where's my robe window? What, what, you never oh, wear we the don't want to know about your rub window. No. Oh. At my age, you need one, I'm afraid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when do you wear it in the hotel, even? When don't I wear yeah. it? <clears throat> if I you're going for a treat. When don't I wear it? Go down to breakfast in it. <laughs> oh, no, when? I don't want to be those people sitting around <laughs> waiting for their treatment in a row. How, how unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, when honestly, when don't I wear it? When I check in, part of that checking in is the robe. It's understood that I will I will disrobe when I arrive. I'm really? in that robe at all times in the hotel room. Really? Is that when you go upstairs to freshen up? Are you one of those people? <laughs> but do you not, for example, picture this. You're, you're in your hotel room, you've woken up, maybe 
Buzz is doing something and you and Kath have had a nice lion together. Would you not think, well, let's order room service, darling. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it and sense something. Another reason I've never gone away with you, Alan. Only if I'm with one of the darling family. <laughs> And then you both, in your robes, sit there having a lovely, no. leisurely breakfast. What do what? you think we are? Jaffa cakes <laughs> enrobed in chocolate? <laughs> no, I never... There's no... Why? I've got clothes on by well, that stage. What do you stage. breakfast in, then? I breakfast... Well, I never breakfast in my room, because I like looking at people. And, and it's included, Al. And, of course, I like being recognised. So I go downstairs <laughs> to be... Uh, hoping there'll be some fawning... <laughs> oh, that's glad I got through it all right. <laughs> but no, there's no, I don't. I, when I leave a hotel room, it, uh, the robe is always there with, you know, the very, very tight belt, the way they hang them up, <laughs> like the 19th century lady. <laughs> yeah, still hanging there on touch. And I always think, oh, I'd have loved the robe. I, I, there's never a moment. I've been dragged over the coals in the <laughs> interval by um, Madame Dean about the dressing gown. <laughs> Madame Thanks. Darling, I'm changing my name by Deedpole. With the sort of a, but you must wear a dressing gown. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I just don't. I just find it, all I said to him, readers, was I found it a bit odd that he would not have an opportunity. For example, I just suggested maybe he said, oh, you know, I don't have breakfast in my room. And I suggested that maybe he might come back, watch a cyborg documentary <laughs> and have a hot chocolate on the bed. Because I, I think it's weird, it's gross to do that in a suit, watch the telly. Mm. You're right. What did you say? I said, if during a tour, let's say, I've never tried to work this out, but let's say for sake of um, easiness, I spend 100 hours in an hotel room, I would be surprised if I have the telly on for a whole hour. Of, and I almost never put the telly on in hotels, very occasionally. It's OK, so you don't wear robes, you don't put the telly on, like the Count of Monte Cristo, what are you doing in there? I'm just, you know... Reading quite. I'm going to guess it's reading, playing ukulele, and um, and press ups. Well, ukulele can be tricky in hotel rooms. You don't want someone knocking on the door and uh, saying, Complaining. "Yeah, was that um, when I'm cleaning windows or something <laughs> like that?" Or can I? Would you order a room a service, Frank? Yes, pardon. Do you not order a room service then? I do occasionally have room service, but I would. Would I put the telly on then? No, I don't. I, I do this thing. You know, I've said this before. I, if I'm waiting for someone, like in a restaurant, I'll just stare. I'll sit. <laughs> everyone else gets their phones out. And I, and people will look at you and think, of it. you just know they're thinking, there's a weird bloke. Look at him there, <laughs> just staring, just sitting there. Why, yeah. doesn't he, why isn't he on his phone? I just like to just sit like that. But I can tell people are disturbed by it. No, but if I was en route, uh, creature you are. Thank you so much. <laughs> you Sounded and a bit clinically fascinating. Yeah. There's an element of pillow talk to it. <laughs> what a fascinating creature! <laughs> oh Pierre. Mm. Robes Pierre. Oh come <laughs> on! <laughs> can we go into music now? Because I don't think we can follow that. Okay. We have been... Oh, we've been receiving all sorts, Al, haven't we? Oh, yeah. From the outside world? Yes. Um, we've got many plates spinning. 415 has suggested favourite place to dead-leg somebody. Uh, we're oh, talking about dead-legs both in <laughs> football and school. Favourite place to dead-leg somebody was Buckingham Palace guard room just before hearing Quick March as we went out to Mount Guard. Oh, wow. I'm assuming Mount Guard is, is a thing rather than an action. Is that what that guard. red stripe's for on the trousers? Is that <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I think so. the dead-leg plimsoll line, as it were? <laughs> wow. Almost like um, where the headache pain is shown on adverts. Yeah, exactly. You've just got to get it, just get it in the red line. That's the important yeah. thing. We Keep also... out of the black and in the red. There's no room in this game for two in a bed. Exactly. <laughs> That's, That's the dead leg rule in the guards' room. <laughs> out the black and in the red. 
the, uh, we've also heard from the tea cake man. Oh, yeah. It sounds oh, like he might have had a... I don't... Have you seen the tea cake man, the tea <laughs> cake man, the tea cake man? <laughs> Oh, let me guess his address. Is it Drury Lane? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> quite carby for Emily, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit carby. Also, my family was more uh, the Iceman, the Iceman comer. Oh, yes. Um, someone said they had, this is from the Tea Cake Man, childhood disappointments. Mm. Someone mm. said they'd seen the Rag Man and we sat on the pavement for hours waiting with old clothes for him. He never arrived mm. in our street. Oh... I think it's going to say Rag and Bone Man went past. <laughs> in, uh, what do you think he drives? I'm thinking New Mini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think he's the sort of guy to have a really super fancy car. I think he's, he's a bit, you know, feet on the... Doesn't the, um, the, the current Pope have a Fiat Panda XL rather than the old-fashioned, big, ostentatious Pope-mobile? I don't know, but I wonder if there's anyone who might know. Jane Ostentatious. <laughs> 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 does the Pope, do, Frank, does the, yes. has the Pope passed his driving test? Well, the Pope... Oh, that's um, a good question. The Pope, um, yes, he can drive, but he um, he, did, he, he turned down a lot of the fancier aspects. You know, the last Pope used to wear, like, red uh, oh. red Prada slippers I'm and not going to lie, yeah. he, he was my kind of guy. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. He was strict, though. Oh, was it? Again, oh, my very goodness. much my kind of guy, but that's strict. another story. Um, but whereas uh, Francis has eschewed, if you'll forgive the pun, the oh, red the Prada slippers and lots of the other finery that goes. I mean, he lives at the Vatican, so, you know, he's not exactly in a shack. Still not somewhere. slumming it. No, no. <laughs> does, he pay, does he pay for that? Has he paid for the Vatican? He, yeah, does he pay rent? No. No, no, he, he, gets, wow. that he comes gets with paid. the job. Grace and favour. Does the Pope get a money? <laughs> Grace and favour thinks he's very good at it. Does the yeah. Pope get a salary? I don't think he gets a salary, no. Okay. Oh, I, I really could be is. wrong, though. Anyway. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not totally sure whether footballers get paid for playing for England or not. That's a great yeah, they question. They get a cap, though, don't they? I don't think they get a cap anymore. What? Oh, no. I, I know. <laughs> Do footballers get paid for playing for England? But, um... They used to not. I think they used to get expenses. Well, I've got Gary Lineker's number. Should we all text him? They used to get individual caps, like these silk caps with a gold tassel on, <laughs> every time they got. And yeah. then they got, for one season, you'd get one cap with all the games you'd played that season to save money on the velvet. This was during the great velvet shortage of the 1980s, <laughs> um, caused largely by the mod. The mods had got through a lot of it in the 60s. And then, um, I'm not sure they get caps at all now, but you know what? I think they get a snap back now. Oh, I hope not. Do you know... Uh, um, Sun visor <laughs> with the three lions on. Oh. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. I wondered if it would be appropriate for us to have a little look at previously on this show. We occasionally get missives from the outside world bringing our attention to perhaps a thing that we talked about a week or two before. Yeah, I like that. It gives it a fabulous sense of continuity. Well, I don't know if you remember just a few weeks ago, or possibly even last week, we were discussing posh people and how to distinguish them from others. Mm. And um, we had an email in from Michael in Barnsley. Um, Hello. You should... You should prick up your ears here a little bit, Frank Skinner. Yeah. Um, hello, Frank and Co. I just had to message in and congratulate Frank on one of the funniest things I've ever heard. My goodness. Let's just when leave it at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you said that a gilet was the very opposite of a coat of arms, a genius line which didn't get the recognition no, it deserved no. from Alan and Emily. You gotta, oh. And what you've got to accept um, is there's a good deal of bitterness um, within the team. <laughs> I'm sure I clapped that line because I oh, thought it you? was very strong. I'm sure time, you did. But... It was me that was bitter. Yes. Well, i got to say, I think Emily's Robespierre today. Yeah. A, com a, combina a juxtaposition of two themes we've just been discussing, the robe. Very strong. And then the... I mean, it was... Like I said, I, st I stopped the show. <laughs> I, I didn't think anything... Stop all the cops. I think it needed a certain <laughs> amount of respect. Yeah, I'll give me a poetry reference for yourself there. Admittedly, a very commercial, well-known one, popularised uh -huh. by Richard Curtis. Yeah, but, but, you know, yeah. Uh, Sean McAndrew, Frank. Nell, relative of Nell McAndrew, page three model, 
turned charity runner. Oh, she charity runner. Mm. She did a lot of work in the nineties. I remember if it was sort of prune week, it would be Nell McAndrew yeah. you'd see with the yellow t-shirt with the prune. But motif. she always seemed like one of the nicer um, glamour models. Lovely. You know, she didn't look like she was just in it for the fat millionaire. She looked like a nice girl who just happened to have fallen into that line of work. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that line of work? <laughs> yeah, you know. Is that like a fallen woman? I was just doing a few promotional... Well, not, yeah, but, you know, we, we all lapse into stereotypes <laughs> and we think maybe the glamour model is not going to be someone who, we, you know, we want to chat to, but um, she, she always seemed very nice. <laughs> of course, as I've told you before, when I met Lucy Pinder and, and asked her her ambition and she mm. said, to hold a chimpanzee... <laughs> I love yeah. that about Lucy Pinder. I think that shows the kind of, uh, you know, fabulousness you can find oh, in that I love community. A bit of Did you hear in the, what I might call the what I might call the topless community? Okay. Sean McAndrew. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> has got in touch. Yeah. To I think we were talking about how to spot someone posh and Sean McAndrew says how to spot someone posh, very simple answer, an 80s hairstyle. <laughs> oh yes. You know what? It's simple to the point, but effective. Yes, that's very good indeed. <laughs> yes. You like that, Frank? I tear a posh thing. Do you remember? Um, I go back to Jacob Rees Mark. There was a shot of him sitting in the House of Commons and he'd sort of put his feet up on the chair. See, supine, like yes. Jeremy Kyle. But the way it just looked like someone who thinks, I can sit like this wherever I like, I have the right. And it was a very, very simple thing. But just to be able to really put your feet up in the House of Commons. Mm. Wow. It was the uh, body language of entitlement. Doesn't seem if you stand back from it, a House of Commons doesn't sound like a place where Jacob Rees Mark ought to be frequenting. But you know. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've been talking. Someone just got in touch. I say someone, it was Michael from Barnsley. Oh, yes. Uh, Michael Parkinson seems oh, like a Barnsley type. Maybe Michael Parkinson's son, made from coal. <laughs> that was a, I've got a new mug, by the way. Um, Faye, our assistant producer, dropped my TARDIS mug, but it's been replaced with a fabulous Marky e. Smith mug. So, oh, when, when you good. say dropped, thanks for that, Faye. Um, <laughs> so, Michael from Barnsley. Mm pointed out some fine work you'd done last week that had gone insufficiently recognised by myself and Alan. <laughs> yes. You mm. referred to a gilet as the, being the opposite of a coat of arms. Yes. It's not just Michael. We've now had other members of the public getting in touch. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Piper. This is a bit like the Eurovision <laughs> Sub Contest. <laughs> Tina Piper is... I'm going to say up in arms. Oh, good. 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 Totally agree with oh. your listener. That mm. joke was genius. Well, come on, bring it on. A gilet is the exact opposite, exact opposite. of a coat of arms. She's got is she it. repeating the joke? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want more people to get in touch about this, OK? Yeah, I know, but that's... You've thank gone out you, on right? a limb there. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Tina. <laughs> now we'll get a load of letters saying I thought that out on a limb joke was absolute <laughs> rubbish. No. I do a lot of work on our sister channel, Absolute Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> they should have absolute rubbish, shouldn't they? You'd mm. feel you could really I'm relax available. on there. The, you know, the <laughs> listener expectation would not be too high. You'd feel you can get on there and relax and try things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Not like the strictly regimented uh, show we put together. Exactly. <laughs> the tightened corset of a show, which we must endure. Well, also, we've got all our writers to pay as well. Oh. I have to say, I'm quite excited about Eurovision tonight. Are you? Yeah. What, with the man? What time's the man on, then? Um, what do you mean, James Newman? Oh, OK. I, I don't really name. get parochial, but I just like me... Fa I, I, there was a, 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 a Ukraine song where the woman's got this incredible sort of 
type voice. That narrowed oh, it down. I like that. What year was that? No, this... this oh, is that this year? The, what do you... Do you like the videos, then? What, the videos of uh, people walking along the coast? Yeah, talking. the canal path. Well, I do, I do quite like them because there's much less personal tragedy in the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> than there is in... Um, you know, oh, Britain's yeah. Got Talent or something. A lot yeah. of television shows, they uh, relish in the mawkish, don't they? Yeah. They love uh, all that stuff. Mm. There was an interview the other night and a, a guy really crowbarred in a death in the family and mm. I thought, it's not. you're on the wrong show, mate. That might have worked in <laughs> Azerbaijan's Got Talent, but we don't want it here. This is no. fun night. No, this is. Uh, do, 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 do. Hey, it is. It is. It's, exactly. It's the, come on. Let's let's. It's Eurovision tonight. Let, yes. let let's celebrate it with this. I've got to be honest. There's nothing that good in the semis. But maybe Has the big five. Maybe the big five will come Frank, up with something. There's nothing that good in life. No. No. So, anyway, um, <laughs> so it's ended on a slightly bittersweet <laughs> note. Yeah. A slightly bitter note. <laughs> so, um, so, I'm going to say, don't forget, you can download Frank Skinner's poetry podcast, I like the use of the third person, wherever you usually get your podcasts. The first episode of Series 3 is out now, and there'll be a new episode on Wednesday. I know you're thinking, mm. I d- oh, I'm not li- but you'd be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, thanks for listening today. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. Frank Skinner.